the Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James Payne. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to Life, Love, and Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I'm Marissa Q. Payne. And I'm Dr. James Payne. And I'm super excited to have you with us for another thrilling episode of the Life, Love, and Leadership podcast. Yes. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. A word of advice. You need a notebook for this one. Um, between all the laughing, we tend to drop tips, tools, nuggets, and homework um, that you can use in life, love, and leadership. So grab a pen, hit the subscribe or follow button so you do not miss a single episode. Hubby Bear. Yes, my dear. (laughs) What's the big idea today? Well, today's big idea, we're going to be talking about how to establish new boundaries with old partners uh, and really work to avoid the unnecessary drama that can occur uh, when these old relationships aren't managed well. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to, you know, keep that thing separated. That's over. Let that be. You got some tea today. Yeah. Well, okay. We'll call it that. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what we're going to be covering in the big ideas segment. Uh, But as always, I got to know what is going on in that pretty, fine, amazing, (laughs) stupendous, brilliant, super sexy head of yours. What do you want? What do you want? Let's just get it out the way now. <laughs> I, I, I want to know what's going on in that fine head of yours. <laughs> so I want to talk about um, the portrayal of first ladies mm. on TV. Okay. I have an objection. (laughs) (laughs) You call it objection, your honor? Oh, my gosh. So there are some popular shows. Is Greenleaf gone off? No, Greenleaf is still on. Okay. uh, Yes. For some reason, I thought maybe it was ending or something. Hmm. But um, this, so you love this show. And there is, um, it's a, it's a, you know, sort of television show based on mega church yeah. ministries. Yeah. And this seems to be popular because mm-hmm. um, there's another one. Saints, Saints and, and Sinners. Yeah. And which is a, a dated show. Um, is it? Yeah, it's it's a dated show. It, I just go off of what you put on the TV. <laughs> it's, it's new to me, but it's a dated show. <laughs> if there are television references, usually it's because you infringe it upon my life. I see. <laughs> Which is another thing, right? Like you've shifted some television. You shifted from satellite to, you know, this new streaming stuff. Yep, yep, yep. I shifted and uh, cut the cord. But I, I want to hear about, you know, this I know. This, this I, I get distracted. It's like squirrel. <laughs> so... They often seem to portray the woman, the wife, um, Mm. in such a negative, villainous way. Hmm. And I object. (laughs) Like, I want to protest. I don't like it. So can I ask you a clarifying question? You may. So the the first lady's name on Greenleaf um, is Lady May. Okay, that's her fictional name. Uh, have you ever met 
never in my life. Can I get the question out? <laughs> Have you ever met a first lady like Lady May? Come okay. on. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> Tell the truth. Shame the devil. It's like over the top. That was my question. <laughs> but have you ever met? I Lady have May? met more who are amazing, um, thoughtful, caring, compassionate, loving, enduring, selfless. Yep. All of that. Pastors' wives. Yes. Than I have. Nasty, villainous Lady May. But you have met Lady May. I have come across an <laughs> <laughs> Lady May ish <laughs> representation. Okay. Um, but literally, like, I feel like that's the minority mm. and the media. Um, or the production companies or whoever makes up these shows is just coming for the kingdom. But wait, isn't it true that art imitates life? So if art imitates life, and it does, and if we are plugged in and we have these great ratings, it's based on something. It's based on the fact no. that it, it's real you life. You just said what it was based on. It's based on what will get ratings. And it's reinforcing a stereotype that simply is not true. And it's damning. Um, to the image of women, black women in particular, mm -hmm. um, and I don't like it. Okay. All right. <laughs> and so, I just want to go on record of saying I don't like it. As a pastor's wife, a minister, I don't like it. Like, it's not true. Um, okay. Like, we could go all day, you know, um, faith community aside, mm -hmm. you know, the um, imagery that, um, you know, the angry black woman thing mm. that we get is hard to navigate and manage. I have coached, you know, um, just in the past probably two weeks, uh, several powerful black women leaders mm -hmm. who are getting these, you know, oh, you know, she's a bully. Um, these microaggressions that just are not the same right, for their male counterparts, and um, I, I'm just over it. I mm. just don't want it. I'm protesting. Wow, wow, <laughs> wow. Well, I, I will say this. I definitely agree with you that there are some outstanding, amazing, stupendous, incredible uh, first ladies and uh, women within church and space, total, uh, period. Uh, but I've also met Lady May. <laughs> And I know you know Lady May because we met her together. <laughs> That's why I started with, are we going to play like we don't know Lady you May? You are so petty. Next time we're talking about men and gossip, like period, hands down, we're talking about men and gossip. You Wait, do it more. Men don't gossip. <laughs> you, oh my, I'm just like over it. I just cannot even. Um, it's it's the minority and um, I just feel like and to some extent I feel like the men in those shows are like the great white hope they're the savior they're spotless and without blemish and they make the women just look like behind the so, scenes messy I gotta stop you. I can't stand it because here's the deal clearly you're not an audience for these shows <laughs> 
<laughs> because neither one of the men, the, the pastors in those shows, are portrayed as perfect. The lead pastor people. in the Saints and Sinners show, not the executive pastor like you, the lead pastor does no wrong. Uh, ma'am, the lead pastor was having having an affair with a teenager. No, not the deceased one or the yes, current the, one? the deceased one. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the one they brought in. Okay. Right. So the deceased, the deceased oh, one, I he see. gone. We're not talking about him anymore, right? Okay. Now okay. the great savior has come in. Um, and I, I just, that. Ma'am, his dirt will be revealed in three <laughs> episodes. Relax. <laughs> calm down. It's coming. But meanwhile, <laughs> The the powerful black woman figure mm-hmm. who is like made you know um, politically involved and all of that yeah. should get a bad rap. Yeah, and then same thing for the pastor in Greenleaf, right? So the pastor in Greenleaf, he has his dirt as well, and you it's know. nowhere near as magnified. Or is it that you're just more sensitive? I'm not to sensitive, it? and I will fight you on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what people say. Like, oh, you're just, you're overreacting. Oh, you're being too sensitive. Calm. It's really not, right? Mm. We talked about emotional intelligence. Like, I don't, you know, when when men do it, it's, you know, passion and advocacy. And, you know, if we speak up about it, bad rep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm over it. Like, I want to see a show about the women that I know mm-hmm. and see and start. And I'm the, you know, product of a phenomenal. Amazing. First lady. Incredible. We could have a whole nother conversation about the notion of first lady, but that's, you know, that's yeah. for another day. Yeah. But um, who wasn't perfect, right? Don't get me wrong. But, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I always say I'm going to do like a mentoring program, you mm-hmm. know, um, called Lois's Ladies, um, because I got my training from a first lady mm-hmm. and, and I, I think I'm the bomb. She was the bomb mm-hmm. and I could pull well, you together get no complaints from me. a room full of yeah. amazing, um, faith women in leaders, both as wives and pastors and bishops and, yeah. and all of that. And I'm just over the TV's representation of how we, how they got us showing up. I get that. I feel that. Uh, and I agree with you. You are the bomb.com. Thank you. Uh, and your grandmother, the first lady Ugh. was a, another amazing bomb.com. Uh, so no, I get it. I I'm, got my sass from her. Yes. I got my sass. She wasn't docile, you know, no. by any stretch, respectful, supportive, um, and, you know, real. Mm. And I freaking love that. So I, I, you know, I understand the strength and I want that. I'm like, maybe I need to write a show mm. because like you don't have y'all out who producers out here writing these shows. Y'all don't have a call me. Please <laughs> call me and let me talk to you for real um, about what, you know, what this strength, you know, of a, of a faith woman leader looks like. So will the real first ladies please stand hey, up? <laughs> I love it. Y'all meet me on Thursday. You hear me? I got you. I got you. So that's what's on my mind. Okay, cool. What is going on in that um, brilliant... Come on, set it up, set it up, set it up, set it up, set it up. <laughs> what's going on in that handsome head of yours? Well, what's going on in my head today? Um... You know, I I am processing through uh, just some decisions, um, and one of the decisions I'm making, it's a relatively minor decision, but I'm deciding whether or not I want to buy me a pair of Jordans. And so part of the part of the deal for me, I can't do it. 
part of the deal for me, as you know, I used to be an avid basketball player. And so I played a lot of ball. Uh, I haven't played ball in at least a decade. And so I'm wondering whether or not I want to get some Jordans and whether or not I want to, you know, resume my basketball playing. <laughs> the look she just gave me, ladies and gentlemen, it could silence a room. Um, <laughs> But no, I'm thinking about whether or not I want to make the investment into some Jordans um, and whether or not that's just something I want to do with my resources at this time. Okay. What What is it about these Jordans? I'm going to go coach on you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> tell, tell me more. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it with a straight face. Um, what What is it about this desire that... You know, why Why the newfound desire? Sure. So, uh, you know, the last dance just was uh, oh. finished up some time ago. Yeah. Fairly recently. And, um, you know, it, it was highlighted, you know, Michael's uh, career. And it just brought back all these memories of childhood and me liking Michael Jordan and my Jordans that I used to have. So these would be high top mid or low top Jordans. So these would be high top Jordans. Bas like real basketball like shoes. Like real basketball shoes. With nowhere to go. With nowhere to go but to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do you you don't own a pair of high top tennis shoes. I don't, no. I haven't don't. in years. I haven't owned high top tennis shoes uh since I was gosh, it's been years. It's been years since I played basketball. So what would you wear them with? You know, um, jeans, some of my jerseys, uh, you know. What jerseys? My Cardinals jersey. Oh, okay. Do those go together, cart baseball and basketball? I mean, I you can blend. Styles. You can blend. You can okay. blend. You can blend. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, just kind of processing because Jordans are like I'm finding Jordans are really expensive. Mm -hmm. Like when I first got my first pair of Jordans, they were like a hundred bucks, and that was a lot of money at the time. Yeah, like a whole lot of money. But now you had a collection. I remember the Jordans are like. You know, depending on where you get them, you can pay five, six hundred bucks for some Stop Jordans. Stop it. Yes. Yes. And and the price will vary by the size of the shoe. And so, you know, as a 13, 14 guy, I'm like, eh, I don't know. So I'm just kind of processing. Is, is this, you know, another watch situation where I'm making another bad decision about how I'm expending resources? Should I, I mean, I, I kind of feel like, would you even know what the right kind to get are? Because I feel like that's a whole mood. Like, that's mm. a whole vibe community. The, yeah. the Jordan, you know, be there when they come out. Yeah. And you, you. Yeah. You was the first time. So I don't know if you're supposed to be in, in the, the second. And that's, I'm the, <laughs> and that's where I'm at. I'm trying to decide if I'm supposed to be back in sneakerhead lane. <laughs> Or <laughs> if I just take my loafer game forward and keep it going. And so I'm, I'm debating on whether or not to step back into the Jordans. So, like, I mean, so what what have you do you have a, a pair in mind? You know what? The Air Jordan fives or the bomb.com. That so would be my you have a pair in mind. I do. You've been you've been working on this. Yes. Interesting. Well, not really working. It, it's just been, you know, this week I've been thinking about it. <laughs> And, you know, I may have checked a couple apps out just to check pricing. Aren't and tennis shoes a little like technology? Like by the time, you know, you if you don't get it when they come out, then it's a new iPhone out in like a couple weeks or something. No, because, I mean, the Jordans, the, these are the exact same shoes from back in the day. 
So you don't still they have just, the old ones? Can oh, you no, just... no. They're all, uh, no. Those <laughs> worn out, thrown away years ago. Yeah. Like, I mean, I wore those things in the ground playing basketball. I don't think you're supposed to wear the trends the second time around. Really? I know, like, with, with you know, fashion, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, biking shorts are back. Really? You okay. haven't noticed that? No, I have not. Biking shorts are back. Wow. Okay. Among okay. other things. And okay. I'm just like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, uh, but that's what I'm kicking around in my head, whether or not I'm going to give me some Jordans or whether or not I'm going to rock my lo- loafer game and keep it going. All right, so um, we're going we gonna to take a vote on yeah, Thursday. We'll take a vote Will on Thursday. Will you honor... I don't even want to do this because I know the men going to show up with all that foolishness. And yes. I, it's some women out here serious about their Jordans as well. Yes. I have a team member that, that's, that's serious about her Jordans. Um, but I don't... I, I vote no hey, <laughs> for the record. I will honor the voice of the community. <laughs> I will honor the voice of the community. All right, y'all. Here we go. All right. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Okay, so for today's fight of the week, uh, it's more of a philosophical debate. Uh, some time ago, uh, Aisha Curry, uh, Steph Curry's wife, of the Golden State Warriors uh, made a comment that she did not um, feel as though she got as much attention from men that <laughs> Steph Curry gets from women. And I just want to clarify, this is not really about Aisha Curry at all, but I do want to kind of unpack the idea that... I was just about to say the superstars will like may not love our podcast because we, we stay bringing old stuff back up. <laughs> <laughs> They, they we did Will and Jada. Now we, you know, I'm yeah. just like, yeah. They, they raised some <laughs> some important ideas, I think, to just unpack and think about and process. So the idea I kind of wanted to unpack and process and kind of debate with you uh, is: Is it healthy? You think for and again, this ain't about her. Is it healthy to want people to shoot their shot at you? Like, is that? What what do you think? Is that a healthy thing? When you're married? Yeah, when you're married do and, and you want people to shoot their shot. Hmm. I feel like this is a danger zone. Like, mm. you want me to answer? I'm not answering that question with you sitting right here. This is so <laughs> awkward. Then she just answered the question. She want people to shoot their shot. No, I I actually do not. Um, I I definitely am not walking around um and I don't think it's a good idea to um, you know, want people, other, you know, um, uh, people to notice you, um, or to make attempts at you. Cause I think that's a slippery slope. Um, mm. cause what do you do when they do? Right. Um, and this, this I'll is, take this one. I got this one back off. <laughs> How was that? Did that work out? Complete sentence. This, this goes <laughs> both ways for men and women. I right. think Aisha was just being honest mm. and you know, people can't handle the truth. You know, and that's annoying in relationships. So I, while I, I, I personally am not walking around hoping some other man notices me. Mm. I hope my man notices me. All the time. <laughs> um, but I understand, you mm. know, it feels nice to be noticed, yeah. you know, particularly if you've been married 25 years and, you know, you're not the same size you were 25 years ago mm-hmm. and, you know, things have changed. It's nice to be noticed. Yeah. Um, it's it's nice to be noticed. And I think that that's all she was saying. I mean, and being in a relationship where, 
you know, everybody or lots and lots and lots of women are coming for your man all the time. And you just like, what am I chopped liver? Mm. You know, I mean, I, I, I could understand or appreciate that. I think, um, in relationships, a lot of people can identify with that when you have, um, someone who is more visible, you know, um, I think this could have happened with like Barack and Michelle, yeah. for example, it's one of the reasons why I admire, uh, Michelle Obama so much, um, you know, because Barack has a lot of fans, yeah. you know, so to speak. Um, obviously, people don't necessarily talk about him in a sexualized way per se. Mm-hmm. But it's women out there, I'm sure, that would slam dunk him tonight, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and Michelle was, you know, like, well, I have a job, too. You know, yeah. you know, comfortable in her own skin and knowing her right. But she did have to, she talks about it all the time, having to kind of find her way yeah. in the midst of all the attention that he gets. And yeah. she's just like, when you get home, take the trash out. Like, yes. I don't bring that hype in here. Right. So I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it. And I also know um, that it's a very, it's a slippery slope yeah. um, and it's, it's dangerous having had some personal experience with that, um, you know, feeling not like feeling like you're not getting the attention at home and then, you know, getting some attention from somewhere else. You know, I, I've got some, some experience with that. So it's a very dangerous, very dangerous slope. Uh, yeah. What do you think? So, yeah, I think, um, no, I agree. It's a dangerous slope. I think she was being very honest. Uh, and the way she really put it in context is kind of wanting him to kind of s- at least have somewhat of the experience of what it's like for her mm. to deal with his groupie lines, mm-hmm. uh, if you will, and, and, and people that are uh, constantly barraging him and whatnot. Yeah. So I, I get it. it. It's an honest assessment. Um, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of people uh, probably feel that way. Um, and I think it's why you can't get your esteem, yeah. right, from your relationship mm-hmm. or from your partner. Like, you know, it is an inside job. Like, right. you got to know who you are and have confidence and do what you can do to nurture and love yourself. Right. Um, yes, obviously, you expect in your intimate partner relationship that there is some you know, um, compliments and some, you know, wooing and some dating and some romance and all of that. Um, but that's, that's why, you know, we talk about marriage is more than love and sex. Yeah. You know, what's love got to do with it's got, it's a, it's, it's the, that partnership is more than just that because that thing is so fleeting. Mm -hmm. Um, and it it just has to be more than that. And you, if you put your, if your worth and your value is in the attention mm. of the person you're in relationship or getting the attention of other people, yeah. there's an unmet need happening um, that you're craving for and you are at high risk of infidelity yes. and a lot of, you know, um, Cheating, extra mm-hmm. extracurricular activity, entanglement, yeah. yep. you know, yep. um, situations on need. Yep. Yeah. 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 Which is why I think it, it, it's so important. Like you said, uh, you have to be whole. So yes. that's why healthy relationships are about two whole people 
coming together and uh, your light doesn't bother my light. Like I'm not bothered by the fact that you have uh, all of this attention, Mm -hmm. uh, so to speak, uh, because, you know, you have your light, I have my light, and then we shine together. Hey. Hey. (laughs) And uh, I think that's, that's, you know, just why wholeness is so important in relationships. It is. It is. And it's it's a process. It's a journey. Um, And I also think that you can recover from it, but it's not easy. You know, I I think that for a lot of people, um, present party included, for the record, cheating is a deal breaker. (laughs) So I'm like saying it on one hand. Same. And then understanding on the other hand. So but but um, seriously, like, you know, you can recover from an incident or an entanglement or what have you. um, But it it requires real maturity Mm. and growth and healing and forgiveness and um, it's it's work. Mm. But if you don't, you know, if you do choose to get out of the relationship and, you know, if you are the person who fell victim to, um, you know, being unfaithful and you don't fix the need, mm-hmm. you know, um, you'll do it again, yeah. you know, and continue to do it and just not get the kind of results um, in life. Like your life will just be this cycle and spiral of um, falling and making promises and your word is trash and, you know, it's just no way to live. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, even if it's happened to you, you can be overly sensitive, right? Yeah. It could be a big trigger for you where at the first hint of anything, like if someone says, mm, you know, I got some attention today, like you're sensitive and then you in your relationship um, over a hint of something. Um, so, you know, I understand why this is like. Whew, you know, it was a trigger for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, it's best to just be really sure of self. Yeah. Um, and uh, but a lot of people are not. And that's why people wilding out in these streets. Yeah. So I, I think the moral of the story, uh, we actually come to agreement on this, I think, uh, where you don't want to solicit or in, in any way. Uh, engender that type of attention yeah. that can be a distraction to your uh, relationship. Yeah. And when you see it back up, like yeah. you said, it's just like when you, cause you know, you know, when you're entering a danger zone in a relationship or, you know, just, it could be the cable guy, you mm. know, and it's like the conversation is getting, you know, a little off color back up. Like yeah. that's, it's definitely a danger zone. You just need to, you know, set that boundary. Yes. Um, which we're going to be talking about today. Yes. Yes. Got to set that boundary for sure. What's the big idea? What's the big idea? What's the big idea? What's the big idea? So for today's big idea, I want to talk about boundaries in marriage and intimate partner relationships, how to set new boundaries with old partners. Mm. Uh, And we've talked a little bit about that, Uh, you know, because if we're not. Yeah, because actually some of that conversation we were just having could be old flames. Mm. Um, Definitely old flames are the greatest risk. Yes. Yes. Old (laughs) flames can be, because these are people who at one point in time captured your time, your interests, had your heart most likely, in some cases had your body. Uh, And so being very, very intentional about, you know, not walking down certain streets, uh, it can be important there. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we're not intentional about setting boundaries, effective boundaries, uh, it's easy to get caught up and find yourself in compromising situations. Uh, and I think the reality is that most often, and I could be wrong here, most often than not, I believe people aren't really trying to violate your boundaries per se. Mm. Uh, they just aren't real clear about what those boundaries are because we don't always do a great job of defining and articulating those boundaries. Or they don't have the same boundaries. They don't care. You know, I mean, they again, it goes back to the alignment conversation we had. Um, you know, I have my objective. <laughs> mm-hmm. So and and I'm pursuing that. Right. Right. It The boundary setting is up to you to do. Right. That's absolutely clear, because I know from, you know, uh, a, a, a gentleman's perspective, and that's a stretch to refer to people who would exceed boundaries as gentlemen. Uh, but from a guy. So pers- don't. Okay, let me drop them down to their level. From a dude's perspective, uh, you you said something poignant there. You know, he has his interests. He has what he is going after, uh, and he's not necessarily concerned about the boundaries. It's up to you to raise the standard, live the standard, uh, and put the shield in defense of yourself and your relationship. Uh, And so making sure that that's the case and how you progress forward. Um, and so just kind of unpacking this idea about boundaries and setting those new boundaries with old partners, one of the first thing that comes to mind for me is you need to establish strong emotional boundaries mm-hmm. uh, and making sure that, you know, these folks don't have access to your thought life, to your head, uh, to your heart, your emotions is really, really setting distinct boundaries, not uh, sharing, you know, pillow talk, you know, or, or intimate, you know, conversations or confiding with these people uh, in any way. Because, you know, if I had a dollar for every time I either heard about or somebody told me uh, that somebody uh, disrupted a relationship because of some inside information that some, the other party had shared with them, mm. I'd be a millionaire several times over. Mm. Uh, and so that's dangerous ground to let people into your emotional life. Yeah. Are you going to say more than you? I'm not. Oh, okay. <laughs> the second uh, thing that I would say uh, with respect to uh, really setting those boundaries and making sure uh, that you're protecting uh, yourself is physical space and time boundaries. Mm. And just making sure uh, that you keep them off your calendar uh, and, and, and make sure, you know, one drink can mm. turn into a whole lot of things. Mm. Uh, and so making sure that you're not giving space and opportunity for people to come in and disrupt uh, your peace and your relationship and what you have going on with your partner uh, is pretty important. Uh, so protecting your emotional life and protecting your time and your uh, space and making sure folks aren't coming in. What do you think about that? I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I actually think about so um I alluded to, you know, like I said, we have some personal um, history with this. And, you know, during our um, separation many, many years ago, I, you know, um, what's the word? Somehow got back in touch with, you know, an ex-boyfriend. And that didn't go well. You know, I was in a vulnerable state. And, you know, I think that um, this is the thing about uh, separation 
that separation and divorce are not the same thing. And so this, like a lot of damage to healthy relationships, healthy marriages in particular, can happen during times of separation. And so it's important to, when you're in a separation, to stay... Um, that that is really a, a self-discovery time, that it is, you really don't have time to be interacting with the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Um, or like you said, sharing your emotions with someone that you could be connect, you know, um, physically attracted to, physically connected to. Or have been previously. Or have been previously. It's just, you know, it's just a bad idea. And, and, and at the time, you know, I did not know that, or at least in my mind, I was, um, it was over, right? So um, it was over, but it really wasn't over. Um, And in fact, you know, that's like a rebound kind of state. And oh my gosh, the number of um, rebound kind of relationships um, that start and, you know, don't make it is all because of the significance and the importance of getting whole Mm. and getting healing um, in those times before you transition from one relationship to the other, you know. So I ended up having, you know, having sex with this person um, before I really I it wasn't even like planned or I just was in the wrong time and space and um, and that happened. And so. Um, when we did reconcile, you know, it was uh, something that I had to, you know, tell you about so that you came into it with eyes wide open. Um, and it just, you know, so I, I, I understand, you know, and can relate to it and I know how easy it can happen. And it took us a long time, um, to recover from that, which we were already in a bad state for one thing. And that just complicated it and made, you know, made it harder. Um, and now we've got a new thing to really recover from. So, um, yeah, I get it. Mm. Yeah, so you got to, you know, do everything, keep them people out of your DMs, uh, <laughs> you know, especially during troubled times and just making sure uh, that you are being thoughtful uh, and intentional about setting boundaries because you can get got before you know it. Danger, 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 danger abort, <laughs> abort, abort. Take it from me. Abort. Abort. So I think the real question is, you know, what do you do? You know, going back to Aisha Curry and sort of feeling, you know, some type of way Mm -hmm. about, you know, all the attention that her partner is getting, which, you know, is can leave you susceptible. Um, Or, you know, if you're like me and, you know, you wound up in a situation Um, like, like what has to happen? How do you recover from that? How do you heal from that? You know, I think in, in my circumstance, um, I, you know, I was just, um, I just wasn't prepared. Like I I didn't have the advantage of what I know now then, Mm. you know, I was very young and, uh, very hurt and very vulnerable, Um, and I wound up in a situation where someone basically was able to kind of take advantage of that, um, to some extent, um, and, and kind of meet an unmet, a need that was going unmet in me. And so I had to get to a place where 
I healed, right? I did not require you to feel that need or anybody to feel that need. I had to get healthy and whole myself. Mm -hmm. And I think um, in in the situation with Aisha, same thing, right? Um, I think she's expressing real talk and probably a very confident woman. However, I coach enough women, powerful women to know that you know, a lot of us live with insecurities secretly mm-hmm. um, and you got to deal with that thing. Yeah. Like you, you got to get to a place where you know who you are. And so if that's working with um, sometimes it's going back and dealing, mm-hmm. you know, working in counseling, um, which it was for me. Um, and I also had kind of a, a support group um, that I worked with for about a year to yeah. really get whole. Um, it's a life coach and really kind of finding your own lane, right, mm-hmm. to figure out what where you need to be, right? So I really think that that was the breakthrough for us is me getting to a place where I... Um, knew my truth and sort of knew where I wanted to go and didn't have to like um, compromise that, like you said, Um, because I think originally I felt like I had to, um, you know, dim my light Mm. in order to be successful in the relationship Mm. and that didn't work. And so I didn't know who I was anymore because I had sacrificed myself, sacrificed my dreams, trying to make this thing work and then it still didn't work and you were insecure, right? And so how you were showing up. So it was just a gumbo mess um, until we really did our work. Um, And fortunately for us, we were able to, um, you know, after filing for divorce and all of that, we were able to keep it together, which is why it's such a blessing to be getting ready to celebrate 25 years. Um, But it's work. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And, and I would add to that, no form of your validation can come outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be self-validating where you recognize and understand that you are enough. If there's any space where there's not true, that's an opportunity uh, for someone or something uh, to come in and really disrupt uh, and, and cause havoc uh, in your life and or your relationship. You have to be self-validating that you are enough and get that from the inside out. That's so good. Mm. That's so because it's going to manifest somehow. Yeah. Right. That's how it manifested for me. How do you think it manifested for you? It's a good question. Um I think it it manifested um, for me just in um, uh, abusive behaviors, mm. uh, and so my insecurity, my my thing was all about uh, power and control, mm-hmm. uh, and so um, my insecurity uh, it really just came across is how do I control uh, this person, and in so doing, I'm controlling. Uh, the situation, because one of the things I shared with you and I, we, we talked about and worked through, uh, you were the first uh, girl at the time, your woman now, that I ever took seriously. Mm-hmm. Like I had a whole bunch of, you know, uh, girls. I mean, you you know that because we grew up in this, the mm-hmm. same setting. So you. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, but you were the only one I took seriously. And so I fooled around in some kind of way without my consent or permission or knowing, let you get my heart. Mm. And then when you got my heart, it was like, oh, my gosh, she has the potential to hurt me. Mm -hmm. So I have to make sure I do everything in my power to make sure I control her actions and ways of being in a way that she does not hurt me. Yeah. Uh, and obviously that was uh, stifling uh, for you, wrecked havoc in our relationship. Uh, and it just wasn't a good thing. But that's how it showed up for me. Yeah. 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 That is so, so good. Um, so we'll be talking about boundaries and mm. when we've gotten it right and when we've gotten it wrong, I guess. Yes. Uh, this Thursday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can't <laughs> wait the, to get into it. What's the homework? So the homework this week is to spend some time reevaluating your relationship boundaries to make sure that they're strong enough to support the sacred space that is your relationship mm. uh, without any cracks in the foundation uh, of those boundaries that may cause leaks or any damages. So this week. Uh, take a look at all your relationships and make sure that you have an appropriate fence around your intimate partner relationship and or marriage uh, so that it, it's not penetrated in any way. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. See y'all Thursday. See you Thursday. This is Life, Love and Leadership. The Life, Love and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube to learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love, and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.